Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler, getting this podcast up for you guys early. Following Washington's 28-20 loss to the Los Angeles Rams, the Rams now go to 7-7. The Commanders are now 4-10, double-digit losses. Not good, not pretty. There's a lot to talk about today, though, and that's why I wanted to get this podcast up for you guys quickly. An immediate reaction to what we saw Offense, defense, and special teams out at SoFi Stadium this this afternoon. And before we get into peeling the layers back of what we saw, and saw Jacoby Brissett, Sam Howell, a lot to talk about there. But if Cameron Cheeseman is a Washington commander, he is the long snapper moving into the Jets game in the final two games of the season against the 49ers and Dallas Cowboys I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to get... I Guys, I don't know. It, I feel sorry for the kid. Washington d- traded up to take him out of Michigan a few years ago on day three. But his snaps have been... They were an absolute joke today. There are high schoolers in the LA area that could snap better than what we saw today. And probably people younger. It was a joke, and it's been happening all year long. This just wasn't a thing for today. Almost got Tressway killed. It is a joke, a flat-out joke. It makes you appreciate the special teams operation from a lot of other teams, and I hope it makes you guys even appreciate more of what Tressway's been able to do to mask some of the issues because, again, the snaps have been terrible all year. Whether they're over his head, in the dirt, to his left, to his right, they're terrible. Washington goes down late in that ball game and scores to make it 28-20, just to try to make it 28-21. And they block the extra point because the snap's in the damn dirt again. Cameron Cheeseman flat out does not to deserve to be an NFL football player at this point in his career. Again, I feel sorry for him, but at the end of the day, the NFL is a business and you're trying to get the best 53 guys active on game day. And right now, you cannot look at him as a long snapper to where the only damn job he has is to snap, long snap, he can't do that. It's it's the ultimate, you had one job. Your job is to snap the ball and put your arms out. That's it. Not asking you to block guys. I'm not asking him to do any of that. The commentators in this game, which I also have some comments on later, we're talking about in that one snap he had in the dirt, that got Tressway killed, evaluated for a concussion. We're talking about who's worried about blocking. Forget that. Snap the ball. Snap the ball with some sort of consistency. It's been a problem since the offseason. And whatever they did to mess with his fundamentals and long snapping a football, because by no means am I going to sit here and act like I'm a long snapping specialist by any means. But it is flat out ridiculous. 
when you have to focus on the damn long snapper every week. Now, at this point in the season, it's kind of like, oh, what else can go wrong, right? Get a touchdown, trying to get yourself back in the game, blocked extra point. It's just a joke. And and Cameron Cheeseman, again, I want to start that out with today so I didn't maybe escape the back of my mind because there's a lot of things to talk about today. But it's a flat-out freaking joke at the long snapping position right now for Washington. And I hope they get it fixed as they move in to not just the end of the season, but moving into next year as well. They should absolutely have a new long snapper in the building, multiple tryouts for whatever happens these last three games of the season. But to the real football on offense and defense, to what we saw, it was ugly in that first half, right? Rams go up 20 to nothing. They were up 13 nothing at half. So it was a game, but... Sam Howell and the offense, there's a lot to get into there outside of the Curtis Samuel touchdown to where it was a really nice three-by-one concept. Curtis kind of hits that corner. Jahan has a little hitch. Keeps that safety just shallow enough to hesitate just a little bit to get deep. And that was fine. And it's a beautiful throw. Again, nice little three-by-one concept. And that was nice. But overall, his day... 11 for 26, 102 yards, touchdown, and a pick that was not warranted. Across his body, over the middle of the field, trying to play hero ball to Terry McLaurin. That was tipped and interception. 15th pick of the year, he leads all NFL quarterbacks in interceptions. That's some of the speed bumps that we talked about at the beginning of the year to where I know a lot of you potentially out there were expecting just numbers and numbers and numbers and here and there to where we saw the enemy in Mahomes in Kansas City, and we knew that that wasn't going to be the case. But these speed bumps and what we've seen from him the last month of the season, look, that's why we saw Jacoby Brissett today. Now, I want to make myself perfectly clear in this segment of the show because I'm sure you're going to hear this week in media, and if you're not already on social media, you're going to see people saying there's a quarterback controversy in Washington. Oh, Jacoby Brissett should be in. He should be starting the last three games of the year. Now, Aaron Donald was out for the majority of the third quarter. Had to come in when Washington finally got that touchdown to Terry. Beautiful hookup. Running past Darian Kendrick on the outside. Beautiful route. Beautiful throw. Beautiful hookup. But what the Rams were doing defensively at that point was letting everything underneath. Two high safeties. Playing extremely soft. So it was a lot of 7-on-7 throws for Jacoby Brissett. Now, you also have to pass the eye test. What did you see? Right? What did we all see from Jacoby Brissett today? And I saw a lot of good. But guys, there's three games left in the regular season. And my focus, as far as what we saw today, by benching Sam Howell, after losing Charles Leno in that game, after losing Tyler Larson, they did some different things with protection. Jonathan Williams protected his ass off all day long as, as a running back. Lost him in the fourth quarter as well, because he was getting beat up. You didn't have Brian Robinson in the game. So you saw Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson try to run the ball. Chris led the team with 10 carries for 35 yards, three and a half a pop. The line couldn't get any push all day long, but we've known that. But what we saw from the quarterbacks today, Jacoby flat out was better than Sam Howell. And it was really nice to see him target Terry a bunch. Terry McLaurin had 141 yards today. It was a career high and he got it in two drives. Now again, I want to go back and watch the film. Right, this, I'm, I'm recording this, guys, 10 minutes after the game ended, so I do not have access to the All-22 just yet. But I want to go back and watch, again, what the Rams were doing 
on defense when Jacoby was in the game, from what I saw from the TV copy, was that they were playing extremely soft. Rushing four, Washington had five or six in protection, and they were winning one-on-one matchups. And there were some miscommunications on the back end from the Rams' perspective. But you still have to go out and execute. You still have to execute. And he did. But the focus for me turns to next year, to the spring, where there is going to most likely be a new head coach in place and a most likely new GM in place that have no ties to a guy like Sam Howell and no ties to a guy like Jacoby Brissett. And Jacoby's success today makes you look at Eric Bieniemy and say, wow, man, the concept, the architecture is there for these guys to get open. It's just someone hasn't been able to hit them. And the, you could say the average to below average quarterback play that we've seen from Sam Howell the last month of the season, maybe it was overdue for seeing Jacoby Brissett. And I've said it, that Sam Howell, I believe, is the guy moving into next year. But we also have to be honest with ourselves. When he's not playing well, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, this and this and give excuses. If he doesn't play well, he doesn't play well. And I'm going to talk about it. And if he does, he does. I talked about it at the top, the beautiful throw to Curtis Samuel. He got a little bit of time. You saw the first couple plays of that ball game. I talked about it in the pregame podcast, guys. Getting guys on reverses and sending some space and keeping guys honest on either side of the defense. What was the first play of the game from the line of scrimmage? It was a little pop pass to Curtis Samuel. It's what I talked about in pregame. Getting guys in space, using reverses a little bit. Getting guys on the fringes. That was the first play we saw. Then the second play. I talked about sprint outs. Why? Because you want to counter the pass rush from Aaron Donald in the middle of the field. He didn't just align at one tech, three tech, outside the center, outside the guard. We saw him standing up at five tech, outside the tackle, outside the left shoulder of of Charles Leno early in that football game. They moved him around a ton. And again, he was very limited playing in that third quarter because he was injured entering the game. He was questionable heading into that ball game. And you really didn't hear Aaron Donald's name a bunch on that broadcast, but that front got a push. That's for damn sure. Because they could not run the ball at all. Now, that comes down to what you value in your offensive line, what type of bodies you have. They're not displacers. They're sealers in the run game. That's what Washington's front five is. We didn't see Chris Bolt left guard. We saw Sadiq Charles. I thought he was rough today. But that's been the narrative around Sadiq Charles since they drafted him out of LSU years ago as a tackle, not as a guard. They've tried to make it work with him. But every game he shows up, a couple instances here and there where he's good, but he's an average to drastically below average guard in this league. But again, the first two throws, plays of the game, excuse me, reverse to Curtis Sam, a little pop pass on the fringes, and a sprint out. Getting Sam outside the pocket and countering the pass rush. So the script early on was good. But east to west offenses that we've seen in the league, it's really tough to make your money like that. From the commander's perspective, what we've seen the last few weeks. On a positive note, on the other side of the ball, I loved what I saw from Kalik Hudson today. The defense as a whole, I thought was a bit of a joke. The Cooper Cup touchdown, I mean, just throw your hands up. I put a picture on my Twitter and just said, wow. Just a picture of Cooper Cup and how wide open he was. There's just, I don't have any idea what Washington does in practice or in meeting rooms when they talk about coverage. I have no idea. Cooper Cup, one of the, if not the, premier receiver in all of football the last decade of the NFL. Just running around, 20, 25 yards, no one in... East, west, north, or south of them. Just alone on an island. 
Easy pitch and catch from Matthew Stafford for that 62-yard touchdown early in the first minute of the third quarter to push it to 20 to nothing. That's how you come out of the half. Allow a 62-yard hookup. Stafford to cup. 20-zip. That's how you come out of the half. That's a joke. Coverage again was terrible. Didn't see a lot of Emmanuel Forbes. I thought his snaps were limited today. Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller in the flat areas. The communication there in zone is ridiculous. I don't know if they're just... Guys, in zone coverage, whatever they're doing, if they're running zone, if they're running zone match to where a guy comes into his area, then they pick him up in man. It really doesn't matter. Whatever they're doing, it ain't working. And it hasn't worked all of 2023. And again, this week, they nearly allow 30 points. And you still got to face San Francisco and still got to face Dallas. And who the hell knows what to expect against next week at MetLife against the New York Jets. A Jets team that was eliminated from playoff contention before Washington kicked off today. But if they won this game, their game this week against the Dolphins, even though they got embarrassed, we could have seen Aaron Rodgers next week. Because he practiced this week and he was cleared for contact this week. So we're most likely not going to see him. And next week's game is really just the shit bowl. No one's really playing for anything. Right? Who's shittier? That's what it is next week in MetLife. But back to Kalik Hudson. I loved what I saw from 47 over the middle of the field. I thought he was athletic all day long, playing sideline to sideline. He was clean in his run fits, trusting his eyes and his instincts most of the time. Making plays in the fringe areas. I saw him in coverage a little bit, making some plays. Running down the sideline, along the boundary. I thought he was Washington's best defender today, and I don't think it was close. I saw a couple pop plays from KJ Henry. That was good to see. Andre Jones batted down a screen pass on the fringes. Good for him. Percy Butler forced a fumble. Good for him. But overall was not great. In secondary as a whole, when you allow a 60-yard, 62-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup and the touchdowns we've seen week after week after week and the explosive plays that this team gives up, it's not good enough. It's flat out not good enough. Now, I want to get into some notes here. Ron Rivera, just a couple seconds ago in his postgame presser, made sure to state that Sam Howell is QB1 moving forward, as he should be. For you guys out there that would like to see Jacoby Brissett start, doesn't make any sense. If you guys are on the draft train for a quarterback, I, I hope it comes with a intelligent process for how this process may work moving into the spring. Because I talked about it in the draft preview last week about a potential way to grab Jaden Daniels from LSU if that's their guy. That's going to be my QB3 on my board. Don't see anybody else in this class other than a Drake May or Caleb Williams to be a top five pick, which Washington right now has the fourth overall pick. There are a lot of different scenarios that we're going to talk about moving forward. New regime in town, no ties. Jaden Daniels could be their guy. We'd move on from there. Bottom line, I get that. But right now, Sam Howell has shown this season as a whole, the sample size that you have, that he can operate this offense. Did a good job with his legs today trying to make plays. But there are times and things that he has to work on. You guys think that Jacoby Brissett is just going to come in and be this dynamic athlete under center and toss for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game from what you saw against a defense that's running prevent with their best player on the not on the field. I'm sorry, but that's not what it is. Go back and watch his tape with New England. Go back and watch his tape with Miami. Go back and watch his tape with Cleveland. 
Guys, there's a reason that he's a backup quarterback in this league. I'm not hating on Jacoby Brissett, but you guys need to provide some context to this and not just look at the eye test and say, oh, wow, there's two drives. He looked really good against a prevent defense. Yeah, a lot of people would, guys. A lot of people would. He's an aging quarterback in this league. There's a skill set there. He can still sling it around a little bit. But he's better off in his career right now being that backup type, that shoulder to lean on. Emergency type of quarterback. Not a guy you start for 17 weeks in a season, guys. He's had multiple chances and multiple opportunities in all of his other stops in the NFL. To be that guy. He's never proven to. So there is context there that you have to look at the decision today. Because again, also, you lost Charles Leno and Tyler Larson, your two starting offensive linemen. And you were down at that point over 20 points. So you took Sam out of the game. It was a rough outing. Okay, take him out of the game. Let Jacoby play a couple drives. Oh, he looks good? That doesn't mean you say, yeah, yeah, Jacoby's the guy. Wow, this is is amazing. With three games left in the season, what's that going to change? Maybe if you get some protection up front, Draft correctly in the draft to where you can allow your young quarterback to, to get a clear evaluation into what he really is. Because when he has just a little bit of time, I think you guys have seen what Sam Howell can do. The, the Curtis Samuel touchdown was a perfect example. The couple plays off script, perfect example. He has the athletic profile. He's got the arm. He's got the smarts. He's just a young quarterback going through the speed bumps that it is at the NFL level. And when you're behind a front five, that's a turnstile all year long. A front five to where you drafted two guys that have had zero impact all year long. You could say Andrew Wiley was a failed addition in free agency. You still have yet to give Cornelius Lucas a look at guard or tackle, which still is mind-boggling. You're just throwing out Charles Leno there. You've had a rotation at left guard with Sadiq Charles, who's been bad, and Chris Paul, who's been average. You brought in Nick Gates. You paid him money. He wasn't good. He's been out the last two months of the season. For Tyler Larson, That's it's just a big fridge that you put there. He's by no means a lateral athlete or a displacer in the run game or excellent in pass pro and have the hands and the feet to counter some of the top one techs in the league like an Aaron Donald or a Dexter Lawrence. There's a lot of context, guys, that needs to be said and to be had and discussed. It's why I'm doing this podcast for you guys to realize what's going on. It's not just look at a guy and what he does in two drives against prevent and say, oh my gosh, that's the guy. Come on, guys. And you're going to see that on social media. And I beg you just to take a deep breath and just pull the reins a little bit. A lot of knee-jerk reactions to what we're going to hear this week about Jacoby Brissett being the guy. I promise you, he is not the guy. Now, do I think Sam Howell, from what we've saw the last month of the season, has made me feel any better about my initial evaluation of him during the season? No, and it's not. He has not been good. A lot of improvement is needed there. But development and coaching and placing him in a good position to succeed on an offense and any offense that correlates from the front five back to then to the perimeter and your run game to take the weight off his shoulders. How much hero ball have we had to see from Sam Howell this year? Well, one, because the defense keep, tries to keep people under 50 a game. Oh, that's, that's nice. He's chasing football games. He's having to throw 35 plus times a game. He's getting killed. He has no time. Then he turned into an east-west offense. So it's a third and five and you're throwing it at the line of scrimmage and trying to get a screenplay because you can't protect for more than two seconds. 
A lot of shit going on with Washington right now. There's a reason they're 4-10. There's a reason why changes are expected to come at GM and head coach in the coming months. The coming weeks, excuse me. We have three weeks left of this thing. Christmas is this week. Next Sunday is Christmas. Right? Today's the 17th, the 25th, eight days from now, whatever it is, whatever day it is. Next Monday, Christmas. New Year is soon. And then we have the spring. We got the draft. Free agency. I'll have you covered, I promise you, every step of the way. But it's really hard right now to just focus on the quarterback when there's a lot of crap going on around him. And on the other side of the ball, it was really a joke. And the defense today was not good. That first half, if it wasn't for Jacoby to come in and have some success, that game was just a joke as a whole. Just going to go into some notes here, guys, from this game, from top to bottom. Talk about Khalid Hudson and his run fits on second down on their first defensive series. Really nice to see that. The linebacker run fits all year long have been a joke. I thought Cody Barton, his pursuit angles are abysmal. In coverage, he's abysmal. He's on a one-year deal, free agent. I'd let him walk if I'm a new regime. The Kendall Fuller effort on the run by Williams on the uh, Kyron Williams, excuse me, on the fringe areas where he gets turned around. I thought that was a joke. Uh, Sam Howell using his legs, the fourth and four to Terry. I like the completion to Terry. It's a good play. However, on on that, and I want to go see the all twenty two copy. He it looked like he had Jonathan Williams on the wheel play to his left. Now, was that the progression? Was that the read? Is where is that where the defense took him? Not sure. However. Fourth and four, I'm going to try to go to my best players. It's players over plays, right? I'm looking for Terry McLaurin on that play, and he hooked up with him on fourth and four. However, Jonathan Williams on the left side of the frame looked like he was running free down the boundary. So that's obviously a throw that uh, that Sam Howell, excuse me, would have liked to have back. Now, later in that drive, third and three on fourth down, the play calling. You have a toss, and then you get a sprint out that's deflected. The play calling today on short yardage situations was questionable, especially late in that game at the goal line where they ran, what, seven or eight plays and they couldn't get in because Terry went down at the one after an outstanding catch, right? The play calling was not great today in short yardage. I want to see them be a little more creative. We saw in Kansas City from Eric Biennemi with different skill sets involve Terry McLaurin, involve Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson. Be unique with your motions and your alignment. You don't have to align and shotgun every single time at the goal line or in short yardage situations. Put them under center. Get a little wildcat look. Whatever. Just be unique. You were 4-9 heading into this game. And you were down 20 to nothing. Why not pull some tricks out of your bag? Why not try something new and be unique? I thought also on offense today and on short yardage situations, I'm curious as to why... We're running a lot of vert concepts, a lot of three verts, four verts, a lot of deep developing routes on short yard situations to where there's really no security blankets over the middle of the field or just quick hitters or timing routes or rhythm throws. You look at a lot of those short yarded situations, and really my overall issues of what I saw today, a lot of the stuff from Curtis, Jahan, and Terry were a lot of long developing routes, 10, 15 yards down the field. There were no hitches of five yard timing routes, turn around, back shoulder, here it is. Or arrow route over the backfield, for, out of the backfield, excuse me, for Antonio Gibson. Or just a little bucket step fade to the corner. Guys, there was a lot today that I did not like from a receiver depth perspective in the architecture of the offense 
and short yardage situations. And for a young quarterback, you don't want him sitting back there on third down where you got guys pinning their ears back on third and five, third and six, and just getting after the quarterback to where you have no escape route. And you're not maneuvering guys open within the offense and giving him an avenue to succeed at that time. So again, short yardage situations was absolutely a worry for my worry for me, excuse me, in this ball game. Uh, the Rams went over 100 yards, guys, on the ground in that in that first half. Deron Payne, John Allen. I think Deron had a couple splash plays. He maybe had a sack or two, and we had one in that second half. John Allen still don't see a bunch from him. Phil Mathis is kind of just running around. John Ridgeway flexing when they're down 13 nothing. I believe at that time was a joke. Just not seen it enough, and they got run at all day long. And Kyron Williams, look. It's more so the front five, that interior three that I talked about in the pregame podcast that is not going to maneuver, that's not going to move the needle for anybody. Rookie Steve Vila at left guard, I like him, good friend of mine, but you know, he's not this overwhelmingly dominant run blocker to where you go line up against John Allen, Deron Payne, and he's displacing him four yards off the ball. That's not what we're talking about here, right? We're not talking about Quentin Nelson right now or Zach Martin in his career. That's not Steve Vila in his career. Again, rookie out of TCU or their center Coleman Shelton or right guard Kevin Dotson. That's just not this interior three. But they ran at and ran at and ran at Washington's interior all game long, and it didn't matter. To, again, over 100 yards on the ground just in that first half. And also, guys, as I have my note here, I I underlined announcing crew for this group. And Jay Feely, I mean, kicker, right? I believe the McCarthy guy that was the head color or the play-by-play guy. I feel like I've heard his name doing baseball broadcasts before. I know a lot of these guys do multiple sports. And then James Lofton. I There were just some comments in this game that just made me open my eyes. And sometimes, like, I know a lot of these guys, they don't watch every single team. They don't watch every single player. They go into these games with some notes from the producers and they let it roll. But... The Gibson catch from Sam Howell to where he's bobbling it around and he, the ball never hits the ground. His ass is on the ground. He catches the ball. A challenge flag was thrown by Rivera when they initially called it incomplete. And the announcers go up. Gibson's foot's out of bounds when his foot is clearly in the grass. A comment that Kendall Fuller is, quote, an outstanding corner. I don't think I've heard anybody say Kendall Fuller's an outstanding corner in years. He's probably an average a below average corner in football, just outstanding corner. This tells me you have no clue what the hell is going on in the football field. Quote unquote, uh, Cody Barton popped the ball out when he's diving to the ground. Percy Butler clearly comes across and hits it out. It's just like, are we watching the same game? I don't know. Look, I know it wasn't CBS's A crew, but goodness gracious. I mean, have some clue of what we're talking about here on the football field. Not going to hate. I don't want to be a hater, but goodness just little things, comment after comment after comment where it's just like, are we watching the same damn football game that's going on out at SoFi today? So again, maybe that's just me being picky. Maybe it's just my frustrations early in that football game. But there were just some comments made in that game where you're just like, what the hell is going on here? So as we move forward down the line a little bit, I'm glad Washington was able to force a couple turnovers on Kyron Williams. You probably think LA scores on a couple of those drives that he did fumble, getting the Percy Butler punch out. So a couple of those plays to help win the turnover margin. I believe Washington ended the game minus 10 or minus 11 in the turnover margin. That's what Juan Rivera preached all year long heading into the year was, we got to win the turnover margin. And they obviously have not this year. 
But forcing those two turnovers on Kyron Williams, who entered the year with just one fumble, provided some sort of positivity for this defense that was obviously searching for it and really searching for it all year long. Um, want to go back to the ending portions of this ball game and 28-7 with 13 minutes and 25 seconds left on the clock. I'm not going to say that Washington fought in this football game. I'm just happy, guys, that it was a football game to where it grabbed your interest a little bit. It was good to see some positives. It was good to see Terry McLaurin get over 10 targets in this game. He only caught six of his 12 targets. So 50% of his targets were caught. And you think if he caught even maybe two or three more, he maybe creeps towards maybe 200 yards receiving on the day. But I'm just glad that it wasn't a 45-10 blowout or a 50-20 blowout or 35-0 or a game that we saw during that same time frame with the Buffalo Bills winning 31-10 over Dallas, which I know a lot of you guys like to see out there, right? But just to just to try to get some positives because it really is the elephant in the room that changes are coming. At a lot of spots, there's a lot of free agents on either side of the ball. Is Curtis Samuel back this year? You saw his importance. I've talked a lot about it a lot this year. He's been one of their best players on either side of the ball all year long. He's been consistent when healthy and when on the football field. And I liked what I saw from young guy like Khalid Hudson today. I've talked about him a bunch to where he needs more snaps at the second level because of his athletic profile that they just don't have. The instincts that he plays with both against the run and in coverage against running backs and tight ends. I have not seen that from anybody in Washington's linebackers room with any sort of consistency. It's been a joke at the second level as a whole. But he's a free agent. But the cap space is going to be there for Washington to spend. The draft picks are going to be there for Washington to add immediate contributors. And I say it every episode, and I'm going to continue to say it until we get to April into the draft. But I'm not going to get excited about how many Washington, how many picks Washington has, excuse me, until I know that they know how to evaluate. However, at some point, even just you take a blind man and take some darts and, and give him five darts and there's a dart board in front of him, he'll hit it at one time, right? So this regime is going to change. Who's evaluating the talent? Who's pushing the buttons on draft day is going to change, most likely heading into these coming months. But just to grab some sort of positivity provided by Jacoby Brissett in this offense, a unit that we expected to be better this year after what we saw in years past with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and Scott Turner pushing the buttons as the offensive coordinator, it was good to see. Still just 20 points against a defense that really doesn't scare anybody. A secondary that is, in my opinion, below average from a talent perspective. But they're still in the NFL. And it's hard to win at this level. Matthew Stafford made some excellent throws today. He throws with such beautiful anticipation. The arm angles, you can hear his voice at the line of scrimmage, calling out safeties, calling out where he thinks the blitz is coming from, sliding protections, flipping plays. You hear him say can-can at the line of scrimmage. He's switching to a different play out of the first one that he didn't like the look. All that stuff at the line of scrimmage. It's a veteran in the league. But overall, I liked the positives that I saw from this football team at the end of the game offensively. And I always like to see Jahan and Curtis and Terry get involved. There are holes on this roster. Absolutely. You guys understand that. 
But when you're competitive in a ball game, it's good to see because we haven't seen it in the last month and a half, right? But at the end of the day, 28-20, 4-10, still 0-5 in the division. And after traveling across the country to lose against the Rams, now you get to come back home to practice. And you got to go back up north to MetLife Stadium. Or again, it's going to be just showing up to play. Who's going to show up and compete? I would like to win that football game. I would like to compete. I'm not going to sit here again and be the guy to say, tank, 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 lose football games, get a higher pick. Lots to talk about. There's going to be a lot of different avenues that Washington can go come April. So we're going to hold off those conversations for just a few weeks when we officially hit the offseason. When we know who's going to be head coach and defensive coordinator. Most likely Eric Bieniemy will be in town, whether it's as head coach or just right now sticking as offensive coordinator. Who's going to be the GM? Are they going to hire anybody up top from a personnel perspective from scouting? There's going to be changes. I'm looking forward to those changes because year four of a regime, the first half again we saw today, it was a joke. It's a flat out joke. So Jacoby masked a lot of the doubts and negativity from today and concerns to where it's just, this is year four of a regime and this is how you show up, right? Where's the backbone? And you look at late in that ball game, you have the touchdown to Curtis Samuel, you finally get in the end zone, you miss the extra point. And then the next series, you're still trying to get the ball back. First down to Kyron Williams, He's, he runs for eight yards right at the middle, right at Deron Payne and John Allen. It wasn't a two-yard gain or a loss. The entire state of California knew that Kyron Williams was going to run the ball, and he still ran it for seven yards. That tells me a lot. Is this defense soft? Does this defense have a backbone? At that point in time, end of the ball game, you get defense just got to get a stop to give your offense maybe a chance to score. Crazy to even say that considering where they were in this ball game. But that told me a lot, that last series of the ball game. Seven yards on first down where you need the ball back. Right at your two best defensive players. Told me a lot. So I hope you guys enjoyed. That's going to do it for today's episode. Again, 28-20 loss moves Washington to 4-10. Unfortunately, double-digit losses. But we're heading into week 16 next week at the Jets. I'll have a preview out for you guys on Friday of the New York Jets. A team that is struggling in a lot of phases. Still trying to figure out what they're doing at quarterback, again, they got shut out today on the road in Miami, 30 to nothing. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure it out too. So that's next week, but I'll have a preview out for both sides of the ball, offense, defense, names to know, rookies to know. We don't ever stop talking ball here, guys. It's not going to just get all negative and talk about who's the head coach and who's going to be here and who's going to be here. We're still going to focus and talk ball. And then we're going to get into the draft process and free agency and names to know. And we're going to peel the layers back of everything. But as always, greatly appreciate your guys' time. I'm on Twitter if you don't follow me there already at underscore Ryan Fowler. My written work is housed at Bleacher Report. And again, I will have a podcast out for you guys on Friday to preview the week 16 matchup on the road, another trip to MetLife against the New York Jets. So as always, appreciate you guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you have a great start to your work week. And I'll talk to you on Friday. I'm Ryan Fowler, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.